Welcome to Murder and Mimosas. Just a quick disclaimer before we get started. Our show is Murder and Mimosas. It's a true crime podcast. This means that we do discuss crimes, including but not limited to disappearances, murder, and sexual assaults. All our episodes are told with the respect of the victims and the victims' families in mind. We strive to ensure that we provide factual information, but some information is more verifiable than others. With that, grab your mimosas and let's dive in. Welcome back. I'm Shannon. And I'm Danica. We're going to tell you the story of Stephen Augustine today. So grab your mimosas and settle in. So today we're sharing this bonus episode with you because Stephen's mother, Donna Augustine, reached out, reached out to us um, asking us for his story to be shared in hopes to receive some justice for her son. So Stephen Augustine was born July 10th, 1987, and was a twin brother. Stephen and his family were close. You always hear about how close twins are, but his mother talks about how loving he was to her as well. For example, one year on Mother's Day, he planted her a hundred tulips. Okay, that would be amazing, but also it takes so much work. Like, that's dedication. Yes, it would. But now you know what I expect next Mother's Day. Good luck. <laughs> Stephen was also a single dad with two sons. Stephen was living at home with his parents while he worked and was trying to make a better life for himself and his sons. Cooking was his passion, and he got a job at Chops in New York, which is a steakhouse. It's making me hungry. (laughs) And he worked his way up. In fact, on May 28, 2018, Stephen had just gotten off work from a long night and was walking home. On his way home, he had stopped in to buy a lottery ticket and cigarettes. And I'm sure to help relieve some stress. And he's hoping to hit the lotto. No joke. I have to say I've worked at a restaurant in high school and it is a lot of work and it's exhausting. So he continued on his walk home when he was approached by Charles Miles and his girlfriend, Deandra Wood. The next account of events, we can only tell you what occurred from Charles Miles' point of view. But this account of events doesn't sit well well with everyone, but we will get into all that as well. Charles said they approached Stephen near the Cake Box Bakery and Cafe on Fair Street in Kingston. He punched Stephen once in the face. He says Stephen hit the ground and went unconscious. And this is when they robbed him and they fled. Charles later says that he began to worry about whether the man was okay, and he went back to the scene. You just punched him, and now you're worried about it? (laughs) I know. Stephen was still laying on the ground in blood, unconscious. Charles went across the street and called 911. He says he waited for the police and the ambulance to arrive. Okay, so he have his account, but let me tell you what Stephen's medical records say. At 1151... P.M., a CAT scan was done once. Stephen had arrived at the hospital. It, it stated he had numerous fractures, among many other things. And to be honest, I don't understand a lot of it, and I'm not going to try to read that to you, but we do have a copy if you want to check it out. There is also a copy of his medical records 
from what Stephen was transferred from one Westchester Medical Center. In the first line of the admission diagnosis, it says that the patient has traumatic brain injury. It says that the patient was assaulted with a baseball bat. A baseball bat. As well, it says multiple Multiple uh, facial and skull fractures were secondary to assault on May 29th or May 29th, 2018. Okay. I mean, I'm not a doctor. <clears throat> I don't have a medical degree. Watched a lot of Grey's Anatomy, though. Um, this isn't sounding like a punch to the face. And I, this isn't adding up well for me. No. And I don't watch a lot of Grey's Anatomy, and it's not adding up for me. So Charles Miles tells his side of the story to police. And of course, Stephen can't get a rebuttal to what occurred because he's paralyzed. He's on a ventilator and missing the whole left side of his brain. And what and, and has what is referred to as a sunken brain. By the way, we will post pictures of Stephen in the hospital, but be prepared to cry. Police take Charles at his word and charge him with assault in third degree, which is a misdemeanor. Yes, that is what I said, a misdemeanor. I don't know if I'm more upset at this a misdemeanor or the police just took Charles at his word. Yes. When do they do that? Just come in and be like, um, it was just shoplifting. It was a whole car, but it was just shoplifting. Well, and be like, yeah, we'll take your word. We're also going to get into that in just a minute. So you might see. So Ulster County DA Holly uh, Carnot justified the charges by saying Charles didn't mean to cause serious harm to Stephen. As such, his office could not bring felony assault charges against him. He also says the injuries to his face were consistent with a single punch. The skull fracture was consistent with a fall backwards. So I guess he's a doctor now, too. Or he's okay. watched Grey's Anatomy. Right, he may have. My question is, um, when do you punch somebody in the face and not mean to cause serious harm? I mean, I'm just asking, asking for a friend. <laughs> According to Donna, the mother, Charles, Charles Miles was working as a confidential informant for the police, which might be why they take uh, him at his work. Okay. Donna says she was told at the DA's office that they knew Charles was telling the truth because a CI witnessed the attack and confirmed the whole thing. The only witnesses at the scene were Charles and Deandra. Donna concluded Charles was the informant and not Deandra because she did some digging and this was not Charles's first conviction. She was able to find multiple felony charges. One was a criminal cell of a controlled substance. New York has a three-strikes rule, so there is no way Charles would be able to ever be out of jail unless... He struck a deal to be a CI rather than do time, plus they can use him on the streets. Yes. I'm sure all of you know the street, the three-strikes rule if you listen or watch much true crime. But Danica, do you want to give them a little rundown? Uh, do you hear my, my criminal talk rundown? <laughs> You're ridiculous. Anyway. <laughs> of the three strikes rule. So three strikes. Um, you don't even have to know true crime if you know anything about baseball. It's <laughs> essentially the same thing. So this means a person who's convicted of two previous serious convictions to serve a mandatory life and sentence, life sentence for the third conviction. So basically, third strike, you're out. Okay, for life. New York is one of 30 states that actually has this law, though. 
So Charles pleads guilty to the misdemeanor and he's sentenced to 10 months in jail. Of that, Charles ends up serving 72 days. That's not even half of his sentence. I know. And for this misdemeanor, which would have been attempted murder at the time. I I kind of feel like I'm with Donna. He's got to be a CI. There's no way. So Stephen's family is outraged, which who wouldn't be at the injustice of all this. She visits her son often and one day notices skin under his fingernails and she calls police wanting it tested. They ignored her for some reason. And then finally they come and swab his nails. Okay. Like I want her on the police department. She did digging. She's got, she thinks Charles is a CI. I think she might be right. She's getting fingernails, you know, checking under there for skin. Like, I want, yeah. If I this if I murdered if I murdered I want Donna on the case. Yes. So Donna isn't getting anywhere with the police or the DA. So she seeks the help of Seven on your side. She's wanting to know why her son isn't getting justice, and she isn't buying the DA statement. Also, get this, Danica. There is a video footage of all this, and the DA isn't letting her see it. Wait, okay, I might be wrong, but isn't that public record once Charles pleads guilty? I thought that the closed the case, then the file is public record. I did too, but they were refusing to let her see the video. Seven on your side shows up with cameras rolling and their investigative reporter, Jim Hoffer, is trying to get answers. He doesn't get any. Jim Hoffer asked asked the DA point blank, if you wanted to bring her in here and show her this video, you could. Is that correct? And the DA says, yes, that's correct. He is asked why he won't and seven on your side is asked to leave. So let's listen to a little bit of that clip. thinks a key piece of evidence, a surveillance video of the attack, could answer a lot of her questions. Why is it important to you to see that video? I want to know what happened to my son. After numerous phone calls and letters to the district attorney, she got this letter back, claiming the records you seek are not maintained by this office and your request is denied. Of course they have the case file with the video. David Schwartz, who used to work as an assistant district attorney in Brooklyn, says if the Auster prosecutor is so certain the evidence supports only a misdemeanor assault, then why not show the mother the video? On the face of it, it looks like they're hiding something. What are they hiding? If you wanted to show her that videotape, you could bring her in here and show her that. That's correct. Why haven't you? She's asked repeatedly. Um, what would... The answer is that she's been directed to the Kingston Police Department. When pressed of not giving Miss Augustine access, the DA asked us to leave. Do you have any other questions? No, that's that's an important one. Okay. Why can't you let her see the videotape? Thank you. We're done. Stephen's mother thinks her son's attacker is getting special treatment because just weeks after the attack, one of the investigators hinted to her that Charles Miles might have helped the police and DA as an informant. He's- The DA later sends Donna a letter that says the records you seek are not maintained in this office. Your request is denied. Seven on your side interviewed David Schwartz, the former DA, and he says, of course, the video would be held there. He says, and I quote, on the face of it, it looks like they're hiding something. What are they hiding? End quote. 
the DA's office finally, after I'm sure enough bad press, released a copy of the video to Donna. Everything is clear until... The attack? The attack. Around the time of the attack, the picture becomes grainy and you can't make anything out. The footage was pretty much useless. Then you see after the ambulance leaves, the footage all of a sudden becomes clear again. Donna takes this video to Seven on Your Side to see if they can look at it. The tech at Seven on Your Side is convinced the tape has been tampered with and was damaged on purpose. Very sus. Yes. Donna then hires an attorney, David Clegg, who was in the process of running for the DA to help her get justice for Stephen. He asked for all of Stephen's medical records and asked for another doctor to review the records. This doctor feels he wasn't assaulted with a bat, but a billy club. So who the heck has those, Gannica? The police. Yes. He also finds out the crime scene was never secured. No evidence had ever been collected. Also, the scene may have been totally washed down. The skin under his nails was never tested and may have been thrown out. Shocker. I know. She worked with him for about a year. He asked Donna to support him for DA And that was the only way that this case was ever going to get reopened was if he got elected. She asked all the followers on her page to vote for him. And he did get elected. By the way, we're going to give you more about the Facebook page for Stephen at the end. Stephen ends up dying April 17th, 2020, alone, but due to COVID restrictions. He's all alone. That's just... Frustrating and sad. He had so many complications due to his injuries. They tried to put a metal plate in his head twice, both times. It got infected and had to be removed. He got pneumonia. He was having seizures. Medication they put him on to help with that was causing liver damage. You name it, it happened. Poor guy. That's just awful. I know. Of course, after his death, Donna wants the charges changed because This is murder at best or manslaughter at worst. The DA says that would be a double jeopardy and they can't retry him for something that he was already convicted of. Hang on. So this is the DA David Clegg that she helped get elected is saying this now? Yes. So after he got what he needed from Donna, he tells her it's double jeopardy now. I mean, why was he saying this before? Then a week after, he says that he says the case is reopened and they are looking into it. Of course, as the DA, it would be a conflict of interest for him to have the case, but he could give it over to someone else in the DA's office. Do you think he has? I'm guessing nothing's been done to the case. You would be right. Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) Donna ends up filing a formal grievance on him, but nothing has been done as of yet. Okay, so he wasn't dead at the time he was charged. So they couldn't charge him for that? Is it double jeopardy after the person dies? So I had to do some digging into this, and the answer is it depends. It was almost two years before Stephen passed away. It would depend on what they put as the cause of death. 
as I said before, he had a lot of issues during the 23 months that he survived. If the death certificate said pneumonia, then they can look at that and say that this could be natural causes, which does not constitute murder. In delayed deaths, the pneumonia must be linked to the immediate cause and the immediate cause linked to the initial injury. You have to have the medical examiner classify it as a homicide. And even at that, you have to have someone willing to press charges. And in this case, that didn't even, they didn't even charge him with attempted murder to begin with. I hate all the pushback that Donna has had. I can't imagine seeing your son in this condition. Then the lack of accountability placed on Charles, the police, the DA, pretty much everything has been a mess. I have to say I really admire her for her determination to her son and her search for justice. I hope she gets the justice she and her family deserve. She still needs help, though. If you or anyone in the New York area are able to help her, please, please do so. There is also a Facebook page we will have the link to called Justice for Steve. You can also join the page to stay up to date on the progress or give words of encouragement and support. We'll have the link to that um, in the show notes. Share this podcast and this story to bring attention to what is going on. No one should ever have to fight like this for justice, but let's all do what we can to help. I'm so glad that Donna reached out to us. Um, I think when we started, this was the kind of thing we wanted to be able to do was use this platform for people who feel like that their voice isn't being heard. Uh, So getting to do that, this is really the first time we're getting to do that. If you have a case that's similar and you need it just out there to get justice for someone in your family or for yourself, um, send us an email, murder.mimosas at gmail.com. We'd love to take a look at it. We're not promising that we'll cover it, but we do want to look at it and see if it's something we can cover um as shannon said we'll have pictures of steven we'll also put pictures of his mother um on our instagram and it's murder.mimosas on instagram and also on twitter if you want to find us there um, but we're most active at murder and mimosas podcast on facebook and we'll also share the link to steven's facebook page on there if you don't want to have to go look in the show notes and we also do want to tell donna how very sorry we are for all of this especially as mothers i mean we i can't imagine i i saw the condition he was in in the video from seven on your side and to see your child like that and then covid come in and he passed without you there i just can't imagine the heartbreak that you're going through and looking at his two boys every day they're without their father I just, our heart goes out to you. Um, We can't do a ton, but hopefully this podcast will help get more people interested in Stephen's case and put some pressure on the people who need it to get get their butts in gear and get justice for Stephen and your family. But that is our bonus episode. We think everyone needs a mimosa after that one. So have a mimosa on us. And until then, we'll see you this weekend. Bye. Bye.